So hello and welcome to ESPN Cricket Info Stump Mike. As we have done for the last couple of weeks, we're going to cover another one topic, a trending topic, something that we all want to talk about and we all you listener want to listen to from our panel of experts. And this week we're going to ask a very simple question. Should Indian players be allowed to play in foreign T20 leagues? Now to answer this question, we've got the three smartest heads here at ESPN Cricket Info. First up, Gaurav Sundaraman. Hello. Hi, good to be back, Karthik. Uh, yeah, let's see what the panel decides on what your que- answer to your question is. So, I'm not going to reveal my cards up front. <laughs> Along with Gaurav, as he was a few weeks ago, Osman Samyudin. Osman, welcome. Hi, hi guys. I, I mean, you know, this could be a very short podcast. Because mm. I think I would say yes. That's kind of the end of the podcast. <laughs> I guess spoiler alert at the start of it. But can I also just quickly take this opportunity to comment for those listeners who will not be able to see him. Uh, on G stats, very fetching yellow shirt. Ah. Very CSK. With the collar and the collar up as well. It's very it's special as Zalmi Osman, not the CSK. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> even, even say that in his own way. Say that again, yes. Yeah. Peshawar Zalmi. Yeah. Yeah. The voice you just the voice you just heard, listener is someone who we have added to this combo of Gaurav and Osman, and we thought he will. Elevate game if if it can be done. Rona Kapoor, welcome to Stump Mike. Thank you, Karthik. Do you start every episode with the three smartest men? These two have been there before. The three smartest voices. <laughs> for 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 the for the two of them, yeah. And then I thought, when you're there, That's I mean, nice. I I also say it. I don't. I'm not completely serious when I say it. So I hope that affliction in my voice does 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 <laughs> come out here. But 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 anyway, let, let's get down to the topic at hand. Gaurav, you are the one on our WhatsApp group who wanted to discuss this. So a tell us why. How how did this come into your head? Why why are we talking about Indian players playing in leagues apart from the IPL when you get to see them there for two two and a half months a year? We get to see them in only the IPL, right? But it, there's so many good leagues across. The world globally, and there's so many players who may want to get that kind of exposure. We don't know what they're capable of. We saw, we see that with English players, they go there, and a lot of people make squads based on all these leagues. They suddenly do extremely well. They play in different conditions as well. Yes, we've had a couple of uh, IPLs in UAE and stuff, but still, it's not the same as playing in Australia. Maybe it might help with the uh, winning a World Cup, for example, in Australia. And generally, why should Indian players not earn as much as? Uh, why can't they earn whatever they want to? Why should they be uh, uh, curbed to just playing in the IPL? And a lot of people are warming the benches also in the IPL. Maybe they might be sure starters in other leagues. So, uh, yeah, you can. It's high time now that the owners are basically capturing one league after another league. Maybe in like two, three years' time, you'll have four leagues where IPL owners are there. Might as well give them a chance, give them a, a contract and uh, see how they go about doing it. Uh, and it just helps Indian cricket, develops Indian cricket. Uh, Ronak, do you know exactly how it works? So, is it only the BCCI contracted players who are not allowed to play or is it basically anybody who plays in Indian domestic cricket? Yeah, so you know, that's, I'm glad you brought it up there. This is like one of my pet peeves has been for a while and Unfortunately, this has just become a way of life in cricket and therefore we don't question it as much but it's been something I've been so angry about as to how it's just become normalized that if you're an Indian player, it doesn't matter if you're contracted or not. You aspire to play for India, if you aspire to play uh, in Indian cricket, IPL included, you cannot play any overseas cricket. Now, let's first uh, all accept and I know that everyone here does, the reasons that this Bizarre rule came about in the first place had nothing to do with cricket, like cricketing reasons. They were supposed to do with the commercial interest and the marketability of the players. If you look at the cricketing reasons, there is no reason why you should not be letting a play. In fact, it should be in some cases, in ideal cases, it could it should be outlawed that a country that ideally or a, or a body like the BCCI that uh, contracts you for two months in the year decides what you do for the other 10 months in it as well. Uh, now, there are two aspects to this. One, like you said, the centrally contracted players and then everybody else. So when this rule came about, I'm pretty sure the geniuses that put it together were thinking about the premium cricketers of their country, the elite cricketers, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why this came about. You cannot have back in 2008, a Tendulkar, Dhoni, Dravid Ganguly and Sehwag play in different leagues. And over the years, that extended to the Virat Polis and Rohit Sharmas and Yuvrat Singhs of the world. So... Uh, their thought was, this is something unique, premium, we've got to sell it, uh, market it as such. So, 
Therefore, these guys can't play. And then said these guys, they basically meant everyone playing in the IPL. Right. That rule stuck. To a certain degree, I can understand that rule today, and if not agree with it. And that takes me to the point where it makes some sense for central, not just central contracted, I would say those in the A-listers, the category A or the category A+, plus, to still be kept exclusive. They now can also cloak under the uh, excuse of workload management and say, if we can't mm. get guys ready to play international cricket, how do we justify excusing them to play BBL or CPL or anything else? So there are a number of reasons here, but let's always remember that it's not for cricketing reasons that this happens. And more importantly, like GS points out, the guys that we don't even talk about, the guys that go their entire career playing maybe a handful of games for an IPL franchise, get forgotten, lose out on significant uh, monetary income, lose out fulfillment of having played in countries that their international career would otherwise never take them. And I'm going to come to this later. Also lose out on prospects beyond their playing days, which an Indian cricketer will always fall short of because he doesn't have the exposure that uh, an overseas T20 cricketer has when it comes to playing and then therefore coaching. Mm -hmm. So there are so many things that are being done that are just grave injustice to a secondary or a tertiary player in India who doesn't really get a say, who's not even centrally contracted and has to wait till he's on his last legs like Manpreet Goni if he wants to play literally with one foot in the grave if he wants to play two games in the LPL or two mm. games in some other league. So it's it's a <laughs> shocker and I hope it gets addressed now so we don't lose out. So more, more another generation of players doesn't lose, lose out that the way that guys before them did. Osman, when we asked this question at the start, there was an emphatic yes from you. But was that yes... Speaking of only the big names like Rohit Sharma or Jaspreet Bumrah, would it excite you as much to see a domestic Indian talent, say, come and play in the PSL or even in the BBL? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think like like um, like Ronak said, it, it's even more relevant for the, the guys who are not the big names. You know, the big hmm. names, they they get their opportunities. They get the kind of platform that they deserve. You know, if they, if they don't play in another big league outside of the IPL, they'll still play at all the ICC world events. They play in the big bilateral series. So, you know, they get that kind of, they get that fulfillment from it. But it's it's mostly the, what, 95%, maybe more uh, percent of players underneath those guys who kind of miss out from this ruling. You know, one of, one of the interesting things actually that I, like I, I understand to some degree, the point of some boards who say that, you know, we don't, and, and this presumably includes the BCCI as well, that we don't want to, uh, give our players away to other leagues because we're protecting our own product and our own assets. I, I get that. I, you know, I don't agree with it, but I, but I kind of see what's happening. But the IPL itself has actually kind of showed a way forward for this. Is that you know, I, I, and I believe this is still correct that franchises pay a certain amount of uh, a, a foreign player's salary to that home board, to the board correct. where that player has come from. So you know, those boards are making money from it. Now, certainly works for England. I don't know if it works across the board, but England have well, a. Big so this is what I this is what I found. I've, I've been doing a bit of research on this over the last few days. You know, as we'll come to the the Pakistan story, but th there's been some uh, the the discussion around the ILT20 and and the other leagues. Some boards have said, I'm not going to name those boards right now, but some boards have said to the ILT20, well, look, you know, you one, you've got way too many overseas players, so you need more. You need more than just the four or five per squad that the other leagues take. But if you want that many overseas players, if you want to raid our contracted and non-contracted players, then why don't you pay us a little bit of money for each NOC that we issue? Now, you know, the ILT20 is like, well, you know, why should we pay money? You guys don't get each other to pay each other money when like, for example, if a CPL player, if, if a player from West Indies plays in the Big Bash, there's no money changing hands there. Well, one, mm. that's not entirely true because I've just discovered that apparently there was an agreement between the PSL and the CPL to kind of give each other a nominal amount of money, I think, over the last few years, I think, uh, for their players to play in the other league. You know, so there was some arrangement there in place. Uh, now, if, 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 if that's a way forward, if somebody says, if the BCCI says that, uh, yeah, okay, you know, uh, Kohli, you can play in the CPL or in the 100. But because he's essentially our player, centric contracted, he's come through... Indian cricket system, he's come through the BCCI's pathways, then if you're going to play in the 100, then I think some of that money from the 100 should come to the money that we have invested in him, you know, however many, for however many years. Like, I don't think it's an unreasonable uh, uh, situation to have. Plus, these franchises are making money. They're making enough money off of this. So yes. you know, why, why should there not be some recompensation to actually the board that has invested all that money and time in bringing that player up? 
the, the bottom line of this is that I still agree that yes, of course, Indian players should be allowed, and you know, even more beyond kind of the top tier, they should definitely be allowed because that improves not only you know them as players, but it improves those leagues as well. Um, it, it brings some eyeballs to those leagues, which you know, much as they say that we're local products, ultimately they need kind of global eyeballs. You know, outside of the IPL, but every but, but but really, well, do, do you really think that if 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 uh, and I I don't want to name names here, but if uh, mm. You know, a second, a secondary or tertiary, as Rana put it, Indian player goes goes to the big bash league. Is, is he going to get butts and seats? Is he going to get people into the MCG? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I probably not. Rana, you spoke extremely passionately, and before I go to Gaurav, Rana, I wanted a couple of names from you. You mentioned that these players who are probably not getting opportunities abroad. At the top of your head, who comes to mind? Who who would you have loved to have seen in one of these leagues across the world? No, I'll I'll pick players that were that that still are active in the IPL now. You know, mm-hmm. forget those IPL wonders that GS will bring out one season wonders. <laughs> take a Sandeep Sharma, take a Jaydev Unadkar, take mm. uh, Varun Aaron. All guys in excess of thirty who will probably never get an India call up now, who may very well make uh, an eleven of if not a BBL then certainly a CPL side or you know different leagues in the world. Take a Jayant Yadav as a spin bowling all rounder. Most risk spinners in India. Piyush Chawla didn't get picked at the auction. Uh, still harbors hopes to play again. But do you think Piyush Chawla wouldn't be of the fancy of a number mm. of sides? I mean, a guy who's mm. among the top leading wicket takers in the IPL. Jaydev Unadkar has been a purple cap holder. Take and in years to come, I'm sure someone like Khalil Ahmed will join that list. A guy of tremendous potential whose injury track record went against him, and now he'd be so down the pecking order after Arshdeep, maybe after Mohsin Khan, after Natarajan mm. when he's fit. He'll never play again for India. Let's right. And this guy is now going to play a handful of games in a year where he could have seriously set the BBL on fire. It's not about whether these guys, Karthik, will market the game for the league. Mm. The mm. problem again that I think the reason this rule came in was because everyone thought of marketability before the interest. Correct. The, it has to come down to the interest of the player. There are far more players that lose out than players that you are worried about either managing or mm. what their market value will bring to their league. And I remind that whole, I mean, I'm, I'm coming back to that point of this is not just about money, even though money is an important part of it. Uh, it's, it's easy to be honorable when things are going well. But for a lot of players, what is, what is cricket, right? It's, they have a skill that will last for 10 years minimum, 15 years maximum, maybe less if you're a fast bowler. After that, there's no certainty. You have to maximize whatever potential you have on that skill. And you currently have a rule that tells you all you can do with that is hopefully get picked by an IPL team, hopefully get paid in full if you're fit, and then play a couple of Vijayasari or Mushtakali games for the rest of the year, or not even that if you're not contracted. Mm. Mm. In in other cases, there should have been a player association ringing this up. There should yeah, have been yeah. a union ringing this up. And it should have been said, if you are not contracting me around the year, why am I supposed to do what you tell me for 10 months of it? So that's the first aspect of it. The second, the non-monetary side is just, again, like I said, the fulfillment of it. Do you think uh, 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 a Shabazz Nadim is ever going to play anywhere but in India? Right. Wouldn't it be great mm. for Shabazz Nadim to perhaps win the PSL with one team or the BBL with another team or the CPL? Like that will just add another layer to his cricketing fulfillment as a player. And going forward, somebody might look at a Sandeep Sharma 10 years from now and think maybe he'll be a better bowling coach than James Hopes or Kyle Mills or uh, Eric Simons, all of whom get coaching gigs in the IPL on the basis of having played everywhere around the world in T20 cricket. Mm-hmm. So you are if, setting... If we a... ever see a day with Shabazz Nadim, by the way, playing for a PSL team, I think that's the day we can shut up shop and retire that's all it. of us and, and be <laughs> happy, right? Clapping, of course No, Anyway, so like I said, that, that there is so much that's wrong about this rule and I am more looking at it more from the side of the players that do not mm. get anyone's attention. I have no problem if Kohli goes his entire career without playing it. Was Kohli such a premium asset? Mm. Uh, I would have loved to see Kohli and Dhoni play there. I know GS started by saying, why not get MS Dhoni play for a BBL team? I think the minute you're done with international retirement, that should become a given anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Once you officially announce international retirement, that should happen anyway. I mean, that's not best case scenario. That's still accepting a flaw in the system and saying, once you've announced, feel free to play where you want. But we're not even there yet. So, I'm, I'm just if, if nothing big, else, big, sorry, if yeah. nothing else, it will it will finally force people to draw actually a proper line under their inter- international retirements. Mm. Yeah. I'm speaking mm. from a very Pakistani perspective. Yeah. Yeah, but it will actually like allow people <laughs> to say, I'm retiring from international cricket because I, I know that I can jump into 
XX number of leagues hmm. outside of it without. So what happens leagues. if you unretire then? Like, can you can you actually do with the West Indians and the Pakistanis? Have done? We'll deal with that problem when we get to it. <laughs> <laughs> so I just googled the big patch league jerseys and got off this none in yellow. Probably the heat. Uh, scorchers, scorchers comes the closest. So yeah, there, there is there is still room for Dhoni there. Time to get a new team there. Some some yeah. over kings. We we got two yellow. Yeah. Half of this panel is bloody yellow today. <laughs> also, Raman taking nice spot shots and G stats, but he himself is going to be fucking yellow as well. <laughs> so the thing is, guys, I have another question. So why is say the county championship? Let's take the Royal London Cup, not the county championship. Let's take the Royal London Cup. Why is it different from a franchise? Tournament. I don't know because the word franchise is just an ownership structure. It has nothing to Washington. That's the main difference. Right? There. It is a it, it is a private ownership structure, right? That's yeah. the main difference. Yeah, but uh, in in private ownership can, in can reach out to bash, the big bash, which is owned by a board and yeah. not by franchises. Should and the hundred hundred is owned by a board, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so my point is Washington, Sundar, Kunal, Pandya, Shayas, Ayer, all of them have played uh, uh, the Royal London Cup. I think as we speak, they're also yes. playing. So. Uh, I think it's exactly the same. I don't see a different. Uh, uh, why is this slightly different? Just because um, uh, they own by franchise and marketability. Yes, a Dhoni and a Kohli will get a lot more uh, people watching it, like Ranak said for the ads, etc. But I don't think the tier two, tier three, Sanju Samson, for example. Uh, I think he's so talented. We keep saying that hey, he'll do well in Australia or something. But maybe if he had a couple of big bash seasons, we would obviously know that for sure. And I don't think uh, uh, just to answer to Ayer's uh, uh, question about uh, whether they're actually going to increase ticket sales. I think I don't think so at all. I don't think it's for that reason. I think it is just for the fact that uh, these guys have to just improve their game. And like Ranak said, it's a very short uh, career. And you and it's not like everybody is going to get selected. You have to be really good. Like Alayam, Livingston, Alex Hales, these guys are genuinely very good in T20 cricket. So they get selected. So, Again, it's not like everybody, I want everybody to play. If you're really good and you succeed, you'll get your chance, you'll get your opportunity to the year. But guys, I want to ask you all the question. Now, what happens to state associations? September to March, for example, are all the big leagues, right? So, uh, uh, is it unfair on the state that they don't play any of the India's domestic tournaments because they'll be getting about $100,000 easily if they play two or three of these leagues on an average? So, uh, what do you guys think? How do you guys think that should be dealt with? Um, so, one thing I wanted to say was, you, you were talking about the Royal London Cup. I, I think, and this is what Ronak is saying, that where the thinking of the priorities is wrong, is that the assumption there seems to be, I would think with the BCCI, is that the 100 is theoretically a a competitor, theoretically, yes. in terms of money making, and that uh, a player like Washington Sundar brings some commercial value, some extra incremental commercial value to a hundred franchise rather than the Royal London Cup. I think that is the how, assumption, how, right? How if do you I, if measure that? How, so, how can no, you measure that? Nobody measures anything. That's the, the, no, here's the, the thing. Here's the thing. I nobody measures anything this. in cricket, right? I actually thought about this. So, why is it that uh, sending our players to play county cricket? seem to be a great idea to get them adjusted to playing and become better test players versus no, let's not share our T20 players. Because, because county cricket is a commercially yeah. dead product, right? Yeah, no, the, I'm saying, I'm saying forget the commercial aspect. Right. Let's remove that entirely when this decision was first taken hundreds of years ago, right? And it, and it continues to go, go on till now. Even if tomorrow there's a lot of money in the county championship, I really don't think India will stop sending its players to play in England or the odd player. So somewhere I believe that uh, India's success in the early days of 2020 cricket with the first World Cup did it a disservice in one regard, which is it was never, it was always a powerhouse in 2020 cricket. It was, it was never unconquered territory like test cricket in England was, where you felt like mm. it's in the interest of a player to send him to England. Even if he misses Ranji Trophy, send him to England. After 2007, before the IPL even existed, you thought, should we, or we've landed on this massive golden goose here. We have to cash in and we never felt the need at that time that it will be in the cricketer's interest if he plays around the world. We are going I, to I think that came from how it began, right? Because the BCCI and the PCB both were famously against the idea of a T20 World Cup. You know, they went to ICC meetings yeah. and said, but we are not having this T20 World Cup. The we'll years, teams there. And in the and the first two teams that won the T20 World Cups were, well, <laughs> as fate would have it. And then came the IPL with its booming success in which Pakistan's players had a big say as well. Yes. Right? And everyone then realized... You know, nobody thought of the bigger picture. Then everyone just got really greedy and hungry. And from there on, it's never been a discussion, like you say, GS, that, oh, Samson should play in Australia. We'll know how good he is. 
if Samson is a centrally contracted player, he's anyway going to play in Australia enough and England enough. And even if he doesn't, in 2020 cricket, they don't see this as necessarily the path to succeed. Mm. Whereas we tend to see it in test cricket. It's a great irony that the only teams that haven't won a T20 World Cup since those early years of 2020 cricket are India and Pakistan. Yeah. Whereas the West Indians going all over the world, playing their cricket, have won it. England have won it. You know, uh, Australia have now won it. So, maybe there's a lesson there. If the West Indies had first won the three or four World Cups, played everywhere around the world, suddenly someone, and India would have never won a World Cup, say, till 2018. Maybe everyone would have thought, you know, we're missing out on something. Our players are not winning T20 World Cups because perhaps we're not getting acquainted with conditions mm. like the West Indians are. So, let's change this up. But, since you never felt that from the very early years of 2020 cricket, you've never gone down that route. And now you're just too far into yeah. it. So. your question was about state associations, right? Like what, how they're missing out on, or they will miss out on like having these, see, but the state associations, they, you know, their rationale is entirely different anyway, right? They, they, there's not that pressure on whether it's provincial associations in Pakistan or state associations in India. The, the impetus is not on them to make money, right? They get given money from the BCCI annually, they get like a grant from the money that the BCCI makes and they are expected to just keep churning out the product, right? To mm. to maybe scout, to nurture, to develop players and send them in. So I, I, I don't think it's a massive issue for them because they're not reliant on making sure that the biggest names play for their states all the time. I, I don't think because they have no commercial, again, yeah. they have no commercial impetus kind of driving that, right? And but I just felt that it's a matter are, of pride to kind of win these tournaments. It's a big thing among state associations. You know, again, so again a, that's the other thing, right? That pride and honor and all is easy when all the other things are also ticked. Then you can do the honorable yeah. thing saying no to a league and playing for your state. But you yeah. can't, that's not how life works for a lot of players. Why? I mean, I wouldn't take pride in uh, continuously telling us, finding stories for ESPN Rick and for how a player who was once you know, holding the orange cap or purple cap or getting so many wickets is now struggling doing X, Y, Z. That's, that starts here, right? Correct. If you get that right, it's easy for the big players to say no, mm. but not the other way around. The the other thing, uh, just just on this line is, if you go to regulate it, it can be regulated. Let's say you want to keep it fairly honest. You don't want a 17-year-old kid to be poached by an overseas league because he's coming from, say, poverty and there's, there's no control of the board because he may not be there. So, let's say you put it till 28, right? A player till 28 needs an NOC. After 28, he doesn't need an NOC. A 30-year-old seamer may not need an NOC from his state if he wants to go, if someone wants him to play in another league. So, there are many ways to regulate this if you first open the door. Uh, but until that door is opened, it just remains, you know, a fairly grim picture. Usman, uh, suppose we hmm. consider elite level now, Indian talent, yeah? The likes of Rohit, the likes of Kohli, the likes of Bumrah. Do you think it ever crosses their mind that, okay, I've won the IPL, say in Rohit Sharma's case, now can I go and do it in other T20 leagues? Is, is that is that some sort of mentality that, that could come across their minds and maybe they are the ones who probably need to stand up and initiate this change? You know, obviously not not assuming to speak on behalf of these these guys, mm. but I would imagine like a natural athlete at the top of his game wants to naturally test himself out in different leagues, in different conditions, against different opponents, against different bowlers, against different batters. Of course, he would. It's a natural thing. That's why they're at the top of where they are. Um, you know, the, the means of doing that is, is something, of course, that is, you know, a, a whole different topic of discussion. And that's the, having a lack of a player association in both India right. and Pakistan, which are massive, massive op- obstacles to this kind of discussion, you know, this kind of development. But I, I would imagine that somebody like Bumrah, for example, would love to like turn out for a half season of, of the BBL just to like play in those conditions again in the, in that crowd, in that environment, mix up with other guys who he would not come across on his travels mm. across the world. Because, you know, the BBL has a lot of, to the rest of the world, faceless Australian players who, you know, you may never have heard of, you may not often see, but who can contribute in their own way. And who knows, Bumrah comes across one of these guys and learns something and that actually helps him later in a game for India or in a game for Mumbai or whatever, you know. So I, I would think, and again, I'm, I'm not assuming to speak, I, I think that the, the the, the underlying policy that we all kind of fall for and, and, and on which this world and this, this policy continues is that the Indian players or the top Indian players are paid enough for them to not want to play in other leagues. These athletes are not, you know, of course, they want to make a living. They want to make a good living. They want to ensure that their futures are secure from what they earn. But money is not the only thing 
that that drives them. It might actually be like number three or four on their priority at this right. stage in like the career of a Kohli or a Bumrah or somebody. Money is not like the big thing, right? So they want to like challenge themselves. They want to win in different conditions. That that's why that's why India's wins in Australia were so special because they hadn't done it, and they've done it now twice in a row. You know, after a while, if they, I, I think G Stats mentioned this on some podcast a while ago that after a while. If if India you know win their, like in England in South Africa in Australia and if it keeps happening then it's going to get a bit dull right and they'll want different <laughs> challenges but I mean the you know it's a glib point but the the no, bottom it's a, it's, point. A, it's a fair point because you know how much in the, how much our players in the subcontinent love their own records as well will anyone ever yeah, go past yeah. the most T20 appearances that Pollard has made they don't even stand a chance will yeah. anyone ever try and get the most yeah. wick, the most runs that you know the West Indians will pretty much have at the end. Will of they it. do something like a, a Dre Russell having won five titles across five yeah. different leagues and stuff? You know stuff like that. I, think, I mean, it matters to these guys, right? I, I wanted to make one more point on the previous thing that we were discussing. You know that when GS brought up franchise cricket, it's now about time that everyone, people around the game too, they change their attitude on viewing club stroke franchise stroke domestic T20 cricket at par with international cricket. We've always had this. Uh, oh, international cricket is supposed to be sacrosanct. And mm-hmm. franchise cricket is after that, whatever's left, you know, whatever Jan is left of a player, he can then let out in club cricket. But I think that's a problem because it does international cricket services a very small percentage of players, and franchise cricket T20 cricket services pretty much every competitive player. So you need to change your attitude entirely. Boards need to change it. Players need to change it. So it's not a bad thing if you leave your state, Ranji, or leave your even an international assignment to go and play. The West Indians have shown that. At the end of the day, the skill belongs to you. You are a great batter or a bowler, right? Who your team is happy to have for you, in my opinion. Now, when you've got like forty people who can make India's first eleven, I mean, I don't think there's a mm. shortage of personnel there. But if you want to cash in on that scale right now, you should have every right to. It, there, there cannot be a right or wrong judgment coming from elsewhere from people who are not invested in your life beyond the next four or five years, because this money will still be invested in you and mm. whatever else this gives you. So. I think that needs to change, and the IPL needs to grow up now because nobody can catch it, right? It is so. There could have been a case where the okay, this league is a threat to me. This league, firstly, nothing happens during the IPL, right? Yeah, no reasonable no league no happens league during the threat. IPL. Yeah. In fact, in India, entertainment shuts down when the IPL is on. No one mm. releases big movies anymore. There's no reality TV in April and May because all the big, all the big events come after that because nobody wants to compete with the IPL. So nobody's competing in that window anyway. Who cares where the viewership goes or the eyeballs go? You know, at seven a.m., eight a.m. for a BBL game or at eleven p.m. for a CPL game. I mean, the IPL, even if it is it during prime time uh, telecast and it come, happens to compete with an India match, I think it's bizarre if the IPL or the BCCI is thinking this is threatening us. The IPL is so big mm, right now. Yeah, this concept of only we will make money and nobody else can make money needs to go because them making money has nothing to do. You'll probably be making even more money regardless. So. It doesn't matter anymore. That's just how they should view it. In the only thing that's ever come is probably elections, right? In the biggest democracy in the world, that's the only thing that has put they, put the IPL yeah. on hold at they certain, can even, certain points. They can even move the elections <laughs> out of India if they want, yeah. and still have the IPL here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just wanted to ask Osman about Pakistan. So let's take Pakistan mm. for example. Uh, yeah. uh, it's a pretty similar kind of a uh, system, right? In terms of like. Say that a 19-year-old Pakistan cricketer, whatever, young Pakistan mm. cricketer. Yes, I've seen the likes of Harris Rauf and uh, uh, Mohammad Hasnain. All these guys got picked up in the BBL. And uh, I think, if I remember right, I think that's where they actually showed their skill and they actually then got into the Pakistan squad, right? Uh, this could happen very much in India as well, but obviously it's not going to happen for the time being. But how is it viewed in Pakistan? Like, in the sense, yes, you don't have the IPL. There's a good chance you may now end up not playing many, many of the leagues apart from the PSL and maybe a couple of them play the BBL or the CPL but how does it work there why is why are they I mean can a young Pakistan cricketer actually just go and sign up for the BBL team without any issue well so you know we're now in a in a really crucial kind of critical point in in this kind of tussle between you know Pakistan cricket and and leagues outside so you know we did a story recently where you know attracted a bit of criticism from the PCB itself a bit, uh, but the, a, a little bit, yeah. But the story was, you know, basically about uh, the the PCB not 
uh, agreeing to give players away, give their key players away to the ILT20, the CSA's league and the BBL. Well, not the CSA's league. They haven't said anything about that yet. And we didn't report any of that. But the uh, ILT20, for, about which they are ambiguous right now, and we've got mm-hmm. some more background info on that, but also the BBL in which they you know, outright said no to putting, their, putting players' names down in a draft. Now, the, again, the rationale here is that you know the PCB wants to protect its asset, which is the PSL, and its players who you know they play for. In December, it's a crazy time. It's a crunch period. There's you know international cricket. It's Pakistan's peak home season, and this season they've got like England, they've got New Zealand, they've got West Indies. I, I can see why the PCB will say, okay, you know we're not going to give an NOC to players because we want guys like Babar, we want guys like Shaheen, we want guys like. We want these guys to be playing for Pakistan rather than playing in a league in, in the UAE or in, in South Africa or in even in Australia. Like, I can totally see the point of that. And part of that is predicated by the fact that the pool of talent, and this, I, this is a key point, actually, that keeps has kept coming up here, as, as Ronak was saying. I think the pool of talent is not as deep as it is in India. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Pakistan needs its bigger players to be playing for Pakistan all the time because, you know, they've got like a core of four or five that they need to have. So I, I can see the PCB's point completely. It makes sense for them to not let these guys go to their leagues. And also kind of in, in a way, you know, they feel that it the presence of guys like Shaheen and Babar in the ILT20 or or the BBL will dilute the PSL. I, I, I think that's actually doing a disservice to the PSL themselves because the PSL has made a place for itself in Pakistan. It, it's very similar, in fact, you know, uh, to what we were saying about the IPL being the biggest thing. The PSL is not quite there yet within Pakistan, but it's getting there. You know, it's mm-hmm. becoming, everyone knows that February to March, the PSL is going to happen for four to five weeks. It's a big product. You know, advertisers now plan their budgets for the year around the PSL. Uh, sometimes this, for the next few years, it's going to clash with Ramzan, which is also another big commercial spending time for advertisers and that's a genuine kind of you know concern for the PSL but you know, the PSL is getting there I, I don't see how although that's the argument that you know it dilutes the asset I don't see how it dilutes how guys like Shadab playing in the BBL or or uh, or in the ILT20 how that dilutes the PSL it, it doesn't really because the PSL has its kind of own place in the calendar it will happen there and they will play there I can see the PCB's point that we don't want our best players playing when they should rather be playing for Pakistan. I, I get that. That's fine. You know, I have no issues with that. But if, if your players are available, if your non-contracted players are available, like your, you know, the you, players who don't have like domestic contracts and who don't have central contracts, if you're not letting them go, then we're getting to the situation that Ronak is talking about with the IPL. Like, why are you stopping them from going? You know, the, for them, it's only their development and their betterment that will happen. They will they will improve as players. Who knows? That might benefit Pakistan like six months down the line because a guy, a young kid, played in the BBL now who had no contract with the domestic mm. side, who had no contract with the Pakistan side. Uh, if you stopped him from going to play in the BBL when the, when the BBL clearly wanted a, a, a kid like that there, sure. what are you achieving out of that? You're not protecting your asset. In fact, you're potentially disrupting the growth of, of a potential asset. You know, in that player. So the, the thing for boards like Pakistan and other boards is now more than ever, with, with more leagues coming up, now more than ever, they're going to have to find ways to make this work. They're going to have to because they can't sit back and be like the be like the BCCI that we have so many players that, okay, even if we did want to let some go, let them go. They can't just sit back complacent like that. They can't sit back and think we've got such a big, massive product that we're fine. They have to find a way of making it work for the players and for themselves. So if there are like, you know, if, if you know your selection plans for the next three or four series, then why don't you let other guys go away and, and play? If you know, like Shan Masood, great example. Shan Masood is in the form of his life right now. Yeah. Absolute form of his life. They pulled him out. He's had a great PSL. He was one of the leading scorers in the county championship. So he's doing it across formats. They pulled him out of county cricket to take him to Sri Lanka uh, as part of the squad. How many matches did he play in Sri Lanka? <laughs> yeah. He did not play any of the test matches, which is okay. You know, it's fine because you've got two openers who are doing well. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. It happens. But be pragmatic about it. Let him continue playing. Let him continue developing whatever, improving his game. Why are you pulling him out? You know, and now like, I, I don't think, I'm, I'm trying to think, but I don't think Shah Masood is even on central contract anymore. He might be on a central contract, but 
you know, guys like Fahim Ashraf, who doesn't have a central contract for Pakistan, remarkable that he doesn't have a central contract, given that he's their one genuine kind of all-rounder in, mm. in, that, in, that, in that side right now. He doesn't have a central contract. Why will you stop him? If you're not going to pick him, why are you going to stop him from going and playing in the BBL? And how are you going to do it? On what basis? Brings us finally to this bottom line point. And Jisal, this is kind of the answer, is that for players in Pakistan, in India, the need for a players association has yep. never been Absolutely. greater. You have more leagues coming up. You have more opportunities. You have a short window in your life that you need to make the most of. You need to get your act together and put up a player association that can negotiate with your boards on a rational and collective level. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And I mean, is, is, is this because uh, uh, who runs the game here, right? Uh, in most of the boards, uh, I think it was ex-cricketers, right? My, my, my biggest child point, which I'm not able to understand is cricketers are actually ruining other cricketers. Uh, I don't know. They, they would have gone through the same they thing. They think right? they know best from what they played 30 years ago. It's literally, they think they know best from when, the time they played. And, they might have done of that time, but you know, games also, twenty years down the line now. But also, yeah. there's it's, there's it's, there's a harsh reality in cricket, which is um, uh, one generation of cricketers does not always think in the best interest of the next generation of cricketers. Yeah. They yeah. invariably breed bitterly. They yeah. genuinely believe that these guys have it easy. We didn't have the money, and that They're is making more money than us. Yes, across and these are former cricketers that will come into administration. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's one generation that's that's the problem. These Now you've got a Ganguly and you've got these guys over here right now. How much progress was made on a player association? Absolutely none. Tomorrow no. you're going to have maybe a Rohit Sharma or a, anybody mm. else who become BCCI president. It'll be the same thing. Well, I hope yeah. it changes, but it's not about one generation. I'm not targeting individuals here. This is, and I find it even more ridiculous looking at the history and cultures of our part of the world. Unions have been a huge part of our culture, right? Mm. It, we've, we've run through independence on the basis of rights for workers, rights for unions. So it's not like you're asking for something alien. You know, our mills have, used to have it, our factories have it, our laborers have it. But somehow when it comes to the cricketing class, there's zero unity in it. And this is where the Australian example was such a good one where premium cricketers did something essentially for the benefit of cricketers far lower down the food yeah. chain. Yeah. It wasn't like David Warner and Steve Smith are making all the money in the world. They've got all the accolades they need. They don't need to do this, mm. which is true even in India. You know, you there is the best thing about come together and do it. Yeah. countries like Australia, England, even West Indies, where WIPA is a strong body, right? You have, for all these kind of tensions that we're talking about, you have a mechanism whereby you can resolve and address it. it. Yeah, and, 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 you know, like 150%, whatever issue David Warner and Cricket Australia are having right now, it will be resolved to, I, I would I would predict, a fair degree of satisfaction to both parties, Cricket Australia and Warner himself, because they have the mediator of ACA in the middle. You know, when, but, but when you don't have that, then who is representing the player's view? What are the player's views? Collectively, are they, what are they bargaining for? What are, they, are, are you only looking out for your own self-interest? Yeah, in India, I don't even think you can have a... No, but I know, as it out, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why this could get accelerated. It'll be for the wrong reasons. It will not be for the honor of the players coming together. But now that the rights have gone through the roof, then suddenly the same argument will come to India. The rights essentially go through the roof because of the players. The players now suddenly are getting a very small chunk of the pie in terms of mm. what is randomly thrown at them at the auction. But that was, the, the budget was still 100 crore when the IPL rights were going at one-tenth of what they're going oh, right much, now. Yeah, yeah. And now we're going at, at 40,000, at $6 billion for five years. And the budget for the IPL players is still 100 crore. So maybe if it is triggered, it'll come from mm. that motivation. That who runs the IPL? I mean, why is the IPL? Well, I think in, in, in Cricket Australia's case, the uh, ACA have actually negotiated a percentage, right? I think Correct. So like, that was one of the main reasons for Cricket yeah. Australia. That the players need a chunk of the broadcasting yes. revenue too. And yeah. that was considered a fair deal because revenue yeah. accelerates on the basis of the cricket in your country. Not on the basis of which CEO, CFO sits in your board, yeah. right? So, or, or which secretary or treasurer sits in your board. So, I think that is what was one of the major motivations. But the long-term point was still this, the honorable one that it was financial security for players across the food chain. And that should come in our part of the world. <laughs> the fact that it doesn't, I'm sure there are cricketers right now kicking themselves thinking, why didn't we take up a players association thing when we had the chance? This is not only about drug tests and things that might go mm. against us. This is about things that can significantly favor us, which we've never really had. They've tried well, it several times, you know, in Pakistan, they've tried it 
five or six times over the last 30, 40 years. But, you know, again, it's, it's always been once, once one player starts trying to do it, then there are efforts made to throw up contenders to him and to put mm. out another faction there. And, you know, the board controls all this because it's in the board's interest to not have to deal with a players union, which tells you pretty much everything you need to know about the way boards run this game. You know, and you know, the, the BCC is the only board that has control in it, in literally its name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they epitomize it to another level, right? That's why they haven't changed it yet. All these years. Yeah, there's a genius who came and said, no, 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 we will not be called the Indian Grid Board. That's control. too easy. We will not be ICB. Let everyone else take that. We yeah. will be board of control for cricket. Yeah. cricket. They envisioned it pretty well, though. Uh, yeah. the, the other thing, uh, last uh, point from my side is if the women's IPL, for example, Ronak uh, started off this conversation actually about the marketability. The women's IPL has never taken place. So they don't have an idea of what, what it can fetch. Maybe that's why they just feel that, okay, the Indian cricketers can go and play wherever they want to. Exactly. So now the women's They IPL have no leg, leg to stand on then, right? Like if you stop hmm. them from going. Yeah. If, you, if you think because the women's IPL starts and it becomes really good in two years' time, do you think they will not again allow these cricketers <laughs> to go and play those leagues? I don't know. But yeah, most I guess likely, that, Most likely yeah. they would. I would imagine. Or or it's just generally that, you know, even though women's cricket is growing, in a lot of boards, it's still the afterthought, yeah. right? Yeah. In, in a lot yeah. of boards, it's the afterthought. And so, I, I don't know if that's the case in the BCCI. Certainly, it suggests that it is so. If they haven't even started up a women's IPL yet, it would suggest that they are still... And afterthought, there's been pay issues in the past, you know, when they've had delays in their payments and stuff. We, we've covered those stories. Uh, I, I think it's mostly because of that. So if, if suddenly the IPL starts, the women's IPL starts, and Indian women cricketers are still allowed to play in other leagues, I would put it more down to just the lag, uh, lag of time by which one administrator says, oh, no, wait. And it might take three or four seasons, but they'll be like, oh, no, wait, we, we've got to protect, we've got to keep them and not let them play anywhere else. And then they will bring in that regulation who knows like i wouldn't be surprised at yeah. all mm. I'd, yeah. be, I'd be filing like an equal rights issue here as well right normally it's the other way around the men enjoy the privileges and the women are discriminated against out here i'd be going okay so you've allowed the women to play so you're discriminating against us so i mean there are many ways to take this matter to court but at some point that will uh, make you very popular i'm sure yeah that'll make me popular I bet. <laughs> as popular as you are with the bcb now Usman. Yeah. <laughs> you know that now that Usman has brought up the contents of uh, umar's article on a podcast are we expecting the bcb to do a podcast tomorrow rubbishing everything that was said today or rubbishing they'll invite me as a guest maybe they'll invite yeah me they will they will get Usman on it if if they're going to do a podcast i, I don't think it <laughs> works it's, it's, it's it works a, any it's other way question you raise huh? uh, how they will treat women's cricket once they actually yeah. launch women's ipl and they, if you can trust their uh, track record, then it would pretty much take but, the same. I mean, we're also seeing now, right, the tensions in the women's game now. It's only a couple of incidents, but Lizelle in South Africa yeah. and, and DeAndre Dotton yeah. for West Indies, they're both kind of, you know, the Dotton story especially sounds interesting, but it seems like there's more to come out on, there on is, why it does sound there, like that, right? Yeah. And yeah. Lizelle it's all pretty much come out, you know, for those who've done mm. some great reportage on it. But you know, they were unhappy. And so they're like, okay, you know, we've got enough leagues to go and play in. And so we will yeah. do it. Now, if, if the women's IPL in India starts and eventually this happens that an Indian player gets angry and or whatever, it leaves international cricket, then one, will she be only allowed to play in the IPL and, and will she be allowed to go to other leagues? You know, I mean, it, it becomes an issue. And, and Lizelle Lee's issue was very much this, that she thought she would not get an NOC hmm. from Cricket South Africa to play in another league, you know, so those issues are, are filtering through into the women's game as well. So, you know, whenever the IPL does start for women, they're going to have that headache waiting to be resolved yeah. immediately, you know? Yeah. Uh, one final thought, uh, sorry again, but I, it just got me thinking when you're speaking about this, can a franchise be more powerful than a board? Could it go that way? Like, I, I was just thinking when Ranak said Unat cut at 30, Badunayan uh, at 31 or whatever, right? So, say uh, KKR, Vicky Mysore, for example, says that, hey, look, you're not going to play for India. I will make sure that I you, get you, you play for all my teams. I own four teams across the league. Mm -hmm. I, will, I will pay you more than what you're getting today with the board. Let's just fight it out. You just come in and uh, you play for me. And can we see a state, which is what I think is going, that's how I see this moving forward. But do you see the franchises slowly getting more control no, over that the was, players? I, I think that was the, the crux of Tim Tim Wigmore's article recently in, in the Telegraph, actually. And, okay. you know, I, I think Venki 
when he spoke to him and, and said that, you know, I would hope, I, I would love to see a day where, or I would like to see a day where, you know, we have 12 month rolling contracts that we can sign players up for. And, you know, it, it, it makes sense. I, I think it's a, it's some way from happening, but I, I was speaking to a, a, a former board official in Pakistan the other day, and, you know, they, they were mentioning that there had been some, or he had suggested some really informal kind of talk about if two or three leagues got together, franchise owners among these leagues, and said that, listen, why don't we offer rolling contracts to our players, you know, four or five players for like the whole year round. They play in these three or four leagues and they make sure they get enough money. They make sure they get enough matches. And outside of that, if they play international cricket, that's fine. But why don't we sign up multiple contracts, joint contracts, rolling contracts? And that would be one way. So, you know, the ILT20, their, their USP, so to speak, when they were reaching out to players was that we'll give you a three-year contract. Yeah. You know, and so if, if a player gets it, it's down to the first franchise that says you know we can give you definitely three years security that you will play for us you will make half a million dollars just off the back of playing for us for those three months of the season if some franchise does that then how are you going to stop like yes 70% 80% 90% of the players who earn less than that globally how are you going to stop them from signing up for those franchises? Exactly. I think that's where the board and the franchise is going to get into a tussle. And it's going to be interesting how this is going. So, yeah, you know, the I come back to what I said that you just need an attitude change here. It's, it's fine to view the franchise at par with an international board. It's for a player to decide what's in his best interest. Why mm. should the board or the franchise decide that anyway? If we used to always look down on Colpac deals and think this is not something which is in the interest of South African cricket. South African cricket couldn't pay their players. These guys had families to run, futures to make. They were probably going to be a, a, you know active for a limited period of time, plus throw in all the other challenges that South African cricket tends to have and has had for years. So a lot of us went like, oh, that's so sh- it's such a shame. Kyle Abbott in his peak has gone to play, mm-hmm. you know, has gone cold mm-hmm. back. But that is that is such a wrong way of looking at it. If if, if do, we, do we consider Dwayne Bravo and Sunil Narayan to be less honourable because they decided not to play for West Indies for a couple of years and play T20 cricket around the world? I don't think so. And even if we do, do they really care? So it doesn't <laughs> matter. Uh, and I'll repeat that point, which you know what this does for the chances of a player after he's finished with ten years of his prime or his game. Not everyone can get into broadcast. Not everyone will. Not everyone will get into administration or selection. Some may get into coaching, which does at the lowest level, mm-hmm. which doesn't pay. What about all the rest? You know, you have heaps and heaps of multinational coaches right now, essentially on the basis of their experience in leagues around the world. If you can get a Jayant Yadav or a Piyush Chawla to play a couple of years in the BPL, maybe be a, maybe coach one of the BPL sites, coach a hundred team. You suddenly open up, open up sources of income to them, which otherwise they would not have. So you are helping them at least build a future beyond their cricketing terms, uh, beyond their cricketing years, which is also the responsibility of the board, in my opinion, not just serve out pensions, which, you know, come and go or go up and down. So are you, um, are you auditioning to become the guy who sets up a players union in India? It, it sounds I, very much like a there's a reason I went back. After three months <laughs> joining ESPN to finish my bar exam and complete uh, my NLP. So Donna nice. Kapoor, head and, of the Indian Cricketers Association. And stories, stories will be written of me. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anak, you were asking what would these cricketers do? Don't worry, we'll get them as experts. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> let's have, yeah. Let's have an association for cricket. For them. And, and the first of them likely, if he's listening to this and my heart goes out to him, is likely to be Shan Masood now with the Asia Cup coming out. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. I think I think there's clear clear consensus here. It's yeah. it's more not not at the elite level, but slightly below that. Players should Indian players should definitely be going across the world to play not just T20 leagues, maybe even 40 over 50 over cricket cricket as well. Even I at the one, level, by the way, I I, I think hmm. the bottom line is that the player should have the choice. Yeah, that's right. Whether right. he chooses to yeah. exercise it, that's his. But but there was one interesting thing. Every time you all spoke about these elite level league players, both Osman and Ronak, you all both said you all can understand where the board is coming from. In in that regard, you'll both mention that. So, yeah, I, I mean, I can understand in that, you know, the board, one, it wants its elite players available for its primary events at that specific time in the year, whether that's mm. an IPL, whether that's an India series, whether that's a Pakistan series or, you know, the PSL. I can understand that and I can understand also that the, the, the cost of that player's development until the stage that he has gotten to the Indian team has been borne by that country's board, right? So I can see that for them, it's an investment. What I'm saying is that there are ways to compensate 
for, for that, that service yes. of, yeah. the, mm-hmm. of that player being sent to another league. There are ways to come around that. Ways which the IPL itself has shown, IPL franchises have shown by yeah. paying a certain amount to that mm-hmm. country's home board. Like there's ways around it. It, it doesn't yeah, mean that they should stop them from doing it. There's quickly just two things on that. That one, at least when it comes to your premium player, your grade A or grade A plus player, you've ticked more boxes on reasons as to why you wouldn't allow him. He is financially mm-hmm. secure without doubt with the money that he makes. Uh, and now you have also been given the privilege of f- falling back on the workload issue. You do not mm-hmm. want mm-hmm. India's top six players right now are Kohli, Rohit, Bumrah, Hardik Pandya, Rishabh Pant, uh, KL Rahul, right? You do not want any of these six players getting injured while playing a league elsewhere. If they get injured playing for India, too bad. But if it happens elsewhere, so right now you have a genuine cricketing reason also to fall back upon. So I can understand that for for these players because you're not really worried about either their financial security going forward or and you know the importance they hold to your national team. Everyone else, it should be fair game. Um, hmm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much. No, fair enough. Okay, so b- before we wrap this up, one final question and a last word from these each of y'all. Gaurav, we'll start with you. Do you think uh, we will see an Indian player playing the BBL before David Warner plays the BBL again? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which is you more likely? <laughs> uh, that that question is. Just, I think we should just end on that question. It's such a good question. Just end on that question. I think without an answer. Good one, but I think no. I think they'll want to sneak in a couple of games this season. <laughs> All right, excellent. Ronak, you were extremely passionate throughout this episode. Final word from you. Uh, my, you can reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram if you're an Indian player <laughs> who wants to uh, sign up a petition for creating players association. Oh, by the way, I wanted to say this just before we sign off. These opinions that we've been putting forward so strongly, maybe some people tend to think that, oh, do you even know what the player wants? I'd like to say every player, and I think Osman will second this, GS2, every player you speak to in India would tell you they wanted to play. They want to be allowed to play. Not a single player in all my years of working with these guys, either when they're actively playing or have mm. just retired, have come and said, oh, it's a great thing that the BCCI doesn't let us go and play in different countries <laughs> in the world. Not a single player says it, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you want to the echo of, uh, want to echo what the sentiment of the players is, even the premium players, the one that have won World Cups, been capped over a hundred times, they all believe they should have been allowed to play. And now they just have to pick up the pieces when their bodies are cracking and play these legends leagues and road safety leagues, you know, at, the, mm. at significant uh, detriment to <laughs> their Don't own. diss the road safety league, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, I was in the road safety league one day. I know. I saw the bodies fall. And finally, Osman, are you making peace with the PCB? <laughs> yeah, what, oh God, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's another podcast. No, I'll go back to your original question, which I like, mm. is that I think Warner will probably play some BBL this season. And so, no, Indian player will not play. But the real question is, will there be, and I suspect there will be, I, I my answer is that I think there will be an India-Pakistan bilateral series before an Indian player plays in the BBL. Wow. Mm. <laughs> That's the call in, I'm making, boys. In, in men's cricket, you haven't clarified that. So I think, yeah, okay. So men's cricket, because that will lead the way. Because India, Pakistan, women, they're not in the women's championship, right? They're not playing against each other in the women's championship in the FPP. But I think, yeah, men's cricket will lead the way. And I think that will happen before an Indian player plays in, in the BBL or the CPL. Some positivity to I end, they, to they end this. change the format of the Asia Cup to make it a best of seven finals of Indian <laughs> <laughs> That is probably happiness. Problem solved. Problem solved. Yeah. yeah, so we have that to look forward to, listener, from the end of August. Gaurav Sundar Raman, Rana Kapoor, Osman Samyudin, thank you so much for joining us on Stump Mike.